Welcome to the Rose Rhapsody. Mr. Tibbs. You just put your lips together and blow. Rosebud. One morning, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I don't know. I'll just come up sometime, see me. What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Exterior, Page's house, morning. The sun is rising as David steps out of the door and into the new day. The street is quiet, with only the odd dog walker and early morning jogger passing by. David lingers outside the door longer than he normally would. Though this is an ordinary midsummer morning in lower Manhattan, everything seems different now. He takes a breath and heads for home. Exterior, street, day. Anna stands outside a movie theater, and Dave walks up, still in his TGI Fridays uniform. Hey, buddy. Hey, Dad. So what are we seeing? She holds out his ticket. Despicable Me. Really? You know that's a cartoon, right? It's an animated feature. I heard it's great. Me too. Interior, movie theater. Anna and David sit in the dark with a tub of popcorn between them, completely transfixed as Gru's tea party with the three adorable little girls is interrupted by the doorbell. Anna and David both tear up as they watch Miss Hattie, a social worker, take the girls to a waiting car. Gru looks through the open car window at the oldest girl, who looks straight ahead. As the car slips away, the window rolls up silently, leaving Gru looking at his own reflection, and then they're gone. And the big, bald, animated man is alone on the sidewalk. Exterior, street, night. Anna and David amble away from the movie theater. You hungry? No. Okay. Are you going to L.A.? I... I'm not sure. Seriously? Uh, yeah, seriously. This is getting old. I know. You need to make up your mind. I know. Because I need to know, like, what's happening. They walk in silence. Then... I changed my mind. I'm hungry. Okay. If you were a TV star, you could get my scripts produced. You write scripts? Yeah, well, they're plays, but I think I could write movies, too. Okay. Can I read them? No. Okay. You want to call your mom? Sure. Anna, Dave, and Paige sit at a sidewalk table, eating and laughing. They look exactly like a family. Exterior, sidewalk, night. David and Paige walk side by side, and Anna walks ahead, shouting and laughing into her cell phone. You still think I should go? I never said you should go. I said you... I know. I mean, do you want me to stay? Do I... Oh, you mean... No. Um... Randy's going to ask me to marry him. He's... What? How do you... How do you... I know. Okay. Uh, and... I'm going to say yes. Okay. This has nothing to do with you in L.A., okay? Of course not. You need to do what you need to do. Yeah, of course. Don't say anything to Anna, please. Of course not. 
She's going to be thrilled. Shut up. I mean, like, overjoyed. She's, <laughs> she's going to be a ray of sunshine for the foreseeable Just future. Just shut up. Because <laughs> she loves shut that guy. Shut up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Congratulations, by the way. Randy's a good guy. He is a good guy. That's what I'm saying. He's a good guy. He is. He is. Shut up. Exterior, Indiana Farmhouse, night. It's the annual 4th of July extravaganza at David's parents' place. Night is falling, the strings of lights are glowing, kids are screaming, and beer is flowing. Okay, shut up. Shut up. Shut up, everybody. Hey, okay. Um, before we have our traditional toast to Eddie, I have some news that I wanted to share with you all. Uh, not to make it all about me, but I am kind of a big deal. So... At some point in several months, you will be able to see me on an as-yet-to-be-determined night on a new show on the FX network. I will finally make mom and dad proud, because not only will I have a regular paycheck, but I will be playing a lawyer. The crowd hoots and cheers their congratulations. Interior, bedroom, morning. David is out cold, and Anna opens the door. Come on, Dad. What? Get up. Why? Church. What time is it? 10.15. You don't want to skip? How much did you drink last night? Just enough. Interior, church, day. The congregation stands and sings an old hymn, How Great Thou Art. David and Anna stand on either side of his mom and dad, and Anna sings with gusto, obviously enjoying herself. Exterior, church, day. The congregation streams out of the front door, and David's mom and dad have stopped to shake hands and talk with the preacher as Anna and David make their way down the front steps. You're the only teenager I know who likes church. I'm the only teenager you know. Not true. It's what we do when we're here. It's only once a year anyway. Hey, Marla! A wholesomely attractive, nearly 50-year-old woman scurries toward Dave and Anna. Dave, how are you? They hug. You go to this church? Just started. Our new pastor at the old church. Ugh. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Who's this? This is my daughter, Anna. Oh, how wonderful to meet you. She grabs Anna in a bear hug before the kid can even react. Your dad and I go way back. Fourth grade or something like that? Yeah, fourth grade. But we never dated. That would have been weird. Like kissing my sister. Well... We did make out that one time. I know. It was like kissing my sister. <laughs> I liked it. It was very disturbing. Stop. Your daughter's right there. <laughs> you brought it up. We missed you at the reunion. Why didn't you come? Ah, it's hard to get away. I guess so. Everybody was talking about seeing you on TV. Those NyQuil commercials and that car commercial. They still show that one? Because I'm not getting any checks. Well, I haven't seen that one in a while, honestly. But I saw you on Law & Order. I love that show. Yeah, it's a good show. If I knew your daddy was going to be a TV star, I probably would have dated him. Well, uh, I'm mostly just a bartender, so... He just got a new show on FX. He plays a lawyer. That's awesome. He's one of the stars, and he'll make like half a million dollars for this season. Anna, that's not a star. Just a, you know, a cast member, whatever, and... The money's not that. Aw, oh, don't be modest. That's awesome. Well, listen, sweetie, the kids are waiting. I love you. I want you to come by the house before you leave. We haven't seen you in forever. And I know Mama would love to see you. She hugs him again. Proud of you. 
It was great to meet you, Anna. She's gone before they can even respond. Why do you do that? What? Meh, I'm not a star. I'm just a bartender. I'm just a loser. So why don't you kill me? Ah, I see what you did there. Beck, very nice. Don't do that. You're not just some bartender. Okay, hon. Thanks. Interior. TGI Fridays. Day. It's the middle of the lunch rush, and Dave and another bartender are slapping down tickets, pouring beers, and delivering burgers with ruthless efficiency. And then... I see you're still here. I know, right? But believe it or not, it's my last day. Can I get you? Could we talk? David just holds up his hands and looks around the bar, where customers are literally yelling to get his attention. Ah, of course. Sorry. Here's my number. Call me after your shift. Interior, Midtown Restaurant, Day. This place is much slower and much nicer than the TGI Fridays. Fiona sits at the bar with a glass of wine in front of her and a Manhattan at her elbow. Dave arrives, still in his suspenders and flair. Sorry, I didn't, didn't have time to change. Not at all. I ordered you a drink. I wasn't really planning on staying that long. Ah, come on, there's no need to waste good whiskey. He doesn't sit down. I'm sorry, Dave. I really am. Me too. He doesn't move. She suddenly stands up and grabs him, hugging him fiercely. <sighs> it's so good to see you. You're still so handsome. Oh, no. uh, gonna just... I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, don't. Don't do that. Okay, okay. I'll have a drink. Sorry. Let's, let's sit down. They sit. She pulls herself together. Sorry. Okay. He takes a sip. Mm. Good? Yeah, thanks. So, how you been? <laughs> Brilliant. You? Uh, grand. Ugh. Now I have to go fix this. I'll be back. Are you sure? Should I check my wallet? You always did have a mean streak, but I deserve it. She gets up and heads to the ladies. Later, the streetlights are on outside the plate glass windows, and the place is filled up with the dinner crowd. David and Fiona are still at the bar. All I'm saying is I thought I had to do what I did, that there was no other way. And I was ashamed then, and I'm ashamed now. Well, look, you were like a baby. And we all moved on, so don't beat yourself up too much. And between us, you know, Paige is loaded. She never really missed that ten grand, so... Just the same. She pulls an envelope out of her bag. Will you give this to her? What is it? It's her money. Plus interest. You give it to her. I can't look her in the face. So drop it in the mail. You know her address. I can't put this in the post. Wait, that's actual cash? Yeah. Put that away. Can't walk around with that kind of money on you. Well, take it to her and I won't be. You're all grown up. Go figure it out. Because I'm not taking that to her because I have no intention of telling her I saw you. He slides out of the bar stool, realizing that he looks faintly ridiculous in his suspenders and flair. I gotta go. Thanks for the drinks. Good luck with the new job. The irony of you being a VP in the financial services industry is not even measurable by any technology known to man. Your timing here, vis-a-vis -vis me and you, couldn't have been worse. But that seems to be the story of my life. He puts a hand on her face and leans in for a long and tender kiss. You were family to them. You broke their hearts. I know how sorry you are, but you don't fix that with an envelope full of cash. Exterior, street, night. 
David is walking quickly and talking on his phone. Hey, Anna's phone must be off. It's going straight to voicemail. Will you tell her that I'm just headed back to my place to change and then I'll be down there to get her? Oh, she went to see a movie with Mary. Oh, I thought we were... Did she say anything about getting dinner with me? We were supposed to have dinner because, you know... I know. I reminded her and... Oh. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's... Randy and I are making dinner. We'd love to see you. Oh, no. No, I'm not gonna... You know, I have to clean up the place because, you know, the sublet, so... Okay, thanks. See you tomorrow. He ends the call, not really aware that he stopped walking. Exterior, Newark Airport, day. Randy's black 530 pulls up to the arrival curb and David jumps out, grabs his rolling bags from the trunk. Randy, Paige, and Anna pile out after him and they all end up on the curb. Randy sticks out his hand and Dave grabs it. Thanks for the ride, Randy. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime, man. Travel safe. Thanks. Dave turns to hug Paige. See ya. He notices she's tearing up. Hey, what's that? I... don't like change. I'm gonna miss you too. Anna is kind of lingering, pointedly not stepping up, so Dave grabs her and squeezes her tight. I'm gonna call you every day. Please don't. I am. You can't stop me. And I'll get back here as much as I can, at least once a month, and it's only eight months, and we'll have a nice long break over summer vacation. We'll go someplace good. Indiana's good. Then we'll go there. I love you, buddy. So much. Love you, too. She pulls away and goes to sit in the back seat. Randy and Paige say a final farewell and jump in the car, and Dave looks through the open window at Anna, who looks straight ahead. As the car slips away, the window rolls up silently, leaving Dave looking at his own reflection. And then they're gone. And Dave is alone on the sidewalk with his bags. You've been listening to Episode 9 of 19 Years, 3 Days, a screenplay series by Chris Dezen. The cast included Raven Bonnewell, Sherry Heron, Ava Claire Stezen, and the author himself. Want to hear what happens next? Stay tuned. The story continues right here at the Rose Rhapsody.
Episodes of The Rose Rhapsody drop the first Monday of every month and can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you take your listening pleasure. That fabulous horn you've been hearing belongs to Marcus Roots, along with his collaborator on the keys, Adrian Ruiz. Additional tracks from Sessions of Rhapsody in Blue feature guitarist Matt Gold, Hayter Garcia on percussion, and the tenor saxophone of Irvin Pierce. To learn more about us and what we do, head over to theroserhapsody.com. And if you love interesting new content as much as we do, spread the word or drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This week's podcast was produced by Trevor Cochran and Richard C. Washer and is a product of the Rose Theatre Company. All rights reserved. I'm Leslie Kopolinski. Now let's get back to that horn.